And Father, we thank you for blessing us uh, by providing uh, the foundation of our faith. Father, we have a sure foundation. Uh, it's not hearsay, Father. It's not uh, passed down by oral tradition, Father. It's words written that are unchangeable and unchanged, Father, for thousands of years. And so we thank you for that, Father, that you were so kind to watch over and guard those words, Father, for our benefit today, that we can read the Word of God and gain insight into you, gain insight into your character, gain insight into your plan and will for our lives, uh, and have a roadmap, Father, of how we should operate and live in this earth. And so we thank you for that, Lord, and we give you the praise and the honor for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of uh, Philippians chapter 4. We'll continue there today. Um, you know, I've just been thinking about the Word of God, and, um, um, you know, the, the Word of God is never, uh, never tells you or never has the expectation that you're going to live this life without any faults or failures. Now, that's the ideal, and that's what it's, we should strive to do, but it also tells us that we can be forgiven and that we have that there's grace and mercy available to us. Uh, but, but from our side, the, the thing that we, the, the attitude that we need to have is that we need to feel compelled to do the word and, and that it sh we should never flippantly say, well, it's too hard to do it or I can't do it. Um, uh, it it's so, so many times in the church I see people struggling in their life. Uh, and I think, well, if they would just do this verse here, it would help them a lot. And you, you know, I've talked to people sometimes about specific areas of their life that they really struggle with, uh, and, and they'll come back with some flippant answer, well, it's too hard, or I've tried, or I'm working on it, uh, and, and it's never, none of those things are true, right? Uh, uh, it's, you have to, you have, to have a, a, uh, an inward uh, compelling to do the Word, uh, and when you come up against the Word, and it differs from how you're living in this life, you've, you've got to feel compelled to do it, even if, you, even if you fail a thousand times, you've got to feel compelled to get back up and do it again, get back up and do it again, uh, and, and just never quit at it. Uh, and if you'll have that attitude, you will be successful in this life. And that doesn't mean that you're going to be the richest man in the world, but you'll be the, one of the most at peace and happiest people of the world. Amen. You'll be, you'll be satisfied financially, satisfied uh, uh, emotionally, satisfied uh, in, in, your, uh, in your family life. If, you'll, if you just have an attitude to be compelled to do the Word, I've got to do the Word. I've, when I see the Word and it differs from what I'm doing, I have to change. Uh, and, and it's not about the legalism of the Word. It's knowing that if I do the Word, the Lord will bless me. Uh, there should be hope in us doing the Word. It should not be a drudgery. It shouldn't be a, oh, you know, here it goes again, or, you know, I'm going to lose out if I do the Word, but I should do it anyway. Uh, it, it's, it never costs you uh, to do the word. It always pays you to do the word. Amen. You never lose out on doing the word. You always gain by doing the word. Now, but you have to be convinced of that. If you're not convinced of that, then, uh, then it's always uh, every time the Lord asks you to do the word, all he sees is heel marks, right? You know what I'm talking about? Just, uh, just dragging you along, right? And, and of course, sometimes we, we get drug along and we're thankful that the Lord would be merciful and kind to do that sometimes for us. Uh, but, uh, you know, it shouldn't be you know, when the Lord asks us to do, do things, it should not be so hard for him to get us to do that. Amen. Uh, and so I, I would encourage you, you know, meditate on, on your thoughts about the word. What do you, when, you, when, when we talk about doing the word, right? James says to be, a, be a, not only a hearer, to be a hearer only, not a hearer only, but a doer of the word. Um, 
when you see verses like that, does, does that make your eyes roll? Or does that make you uh, feel like you're put under pressure? Or does that make, make you feel condemned? You know, uh, none of those are correct responses. It should be, uh, man, if I do that, then I'm blessed. That should be the response. Amen. Um, and so, uh, and it just, you know, from, from, as a minister, but, but also as a Christian, you know, it just, it, it bothers me, not from a judgmental standpoint, but I just feel like people are missing out on so much if they just don't do the word. You know, if you don't want to do the word, well, you know, I can't, I can't compel you to do the word. I can't make you do the word. But the compassion in my heart looks at they go, well, then, then you're constrained in your life. You can never be all that you think you want to be uh, unless you do the word. Amen. Now, you can have the appearance of being something. You know, a lot of these uh, super rich billionaires and, uh, and folks like that, you know, they think they're somebody and they're really, you know, they're, they're really not. Amen. Uh, remember, we, we, we read uh, uh, the other day about uh, uh, your name and the Lord says, I never knew you. Uh, it, you know, the Lord is not impressed by people with lots of zeros after their name. Amen. Uh, and so he is impressed when, when people walk by faith. And walking by faith just simply means when the word of God says to do something, then, then your response is, then I can do it. Amen. Uh, and of course, last week we got to Philippians chapter 4 uh, in verse uh, 5 there, which says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Uh, and uh, the, the one definition that, that we liked was to be intensely reasonable. So uh, uh, you all are, have a test now. Uh, how many times have you had the opportunity to be intensely reasonable in the last week? And, and I won't ask you how many times you were successful at doing that, but uh, you know, how many times did you have the opportunity to be intensely reasonable, right? Someone comes up and starts fussing at you. Uh, you know, did you respond with, uh, with being intensely reasonable? Or did you ask them to step outside, right? Uh, and so he said, let your moderation be known unto all men. Let people should be able to see uh, your moderation. Amen. Uh, and uh, that's, of course, we, we, we just finished up the uh, uh, Sermon on the Mount, where one time Jesus said, let your good works be seen before men. Amen. That they may glorify your Father. Well, that's some of your good works, is being intensely reasonable. Amen. When, uh, when things occur, when events happen, are you intensely reasonable? Or are you just like the rest of the world, get mad and, and fly off the handle and, uh, and, and do those types of things? And, and uh, you know, for me personally, that, that's been a journey, amen? Uh, and so <laughs> I don't know that I've always been intensely reasonable. Well, actually, I do know uh, I have not always been intensely reasonable. Uh, and oftentimes, I was not even slightly above average reasonable. I was unreasonable, amen? Uh, and so... <clears throat> um, uh, and, and, of course, you know, I mean, I heard somebody laughing, but um, uh, I would suspect that none of it, nobody sitting in this room. <laughs> um, uh, well, I, I suspect all of us have been in that boat once or twice, right? Uh, and so, but if it says that, that we should be intensely reasonable, then that tells us, number one, we can do it. Amen. If it tells you to do it, then, then the Lord never, never commands you to do something that he doesn't provide you the grace and the ability to do it. And so you have to have confidence in that because it's not a biblically true statement that says, I can't be that way. That's not true. It is true. Some people are just easy for them to be that way in, in some areas, right? You ever notice some people just, they came out of the womb nice. They've always been nice. They'll go to the grave nice. You know, people like that just, you know, you wonder about them, right? What's wrong with them? 
but they're just who they are. That's how they return. That's how they're made. And they're just they're going to be that way, and that's fine. Uh, and then some of us have to work at that. Amen. But then other areas, you know, like for faith for certain things, um, you know, for me, faith for healing always been pretty easy for me to believe uh, the Lord for healing for my personal self uh, and to obtain healing on a regular basis. Some people struggle with the smallest thing and they never really find faith uh, in any, uh, in, any success in faith in the area of healing. Uh, and so, you know, faith can be applied in every area of your life, but for whatever reason, sometimes we're really successful in some areas of faith, but then just sometimes completely unsuccessful in other areas of faith. Uh, that doesn't mean that we don't have, uh, we don't all have the opportunity and, and the possibility of being successful in everything. Just, you know, for whatever reason, some things come easy and then, and you have to decide, well, the easy things I've already got done, let's work on the hard things. Uh, and, and if you'll do that, then, then you'll find success in every area of your life. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, so that, that's verse five. And then, then, uh, Paul gets into verses six, seven, and eight. And really, uh, my opinion that verses 6, 7, and 8, if you can live in verses 6, 7, and 8, you can be uh, uh, the most at peace, the happiest Christian that you could possibly be, someone who never worries, never loses the wink of sleep. Uh, it, it, no matter what comes their way, they're the same. Amen? And we were talked about being the same the other day, right? Remember, the storms come, uh, and if we build our house upon the Lord, then the storms come. We look the same before. We look the same during the storm. We look exactly the same after the storm. Well, that should, that should be a, a desire for our hearts, amen? We don't want to be, uh, how many Christians do you know that are perfectly happy and everything's going great until the smallest thing occurs? And then they cuss and they kick the dog and they, you know, uh, cheat or they, they you know, uh, keep the extra dollar of change at Walmart, you know, whatever it is, right? And uh, the smallest little thing happens and they forget they're a Christian and, and, and they lose everything and well, why is that? Well, they're not really, they haven't really built uh, their house upon the rock of the Lord. Amen? They, they, you know, you, when you go out to uh, uh, like, a, you, like a movie set, you go out there and you see the, the western town on the movie set. Well, it's all fake, right? You look behind there and there's nothing there. There's nothing, you know, it looks like a good town. looks like all the buildings are there. But you look behind there and there's nothing there. And, and unfortunately, a lot, of, a lot of times in the Christian's life, uh, we think it's the most important thing is to look like a Christian, right? And so we build a facade, we paint it, we put the shingles on it, right? We put the swinging, uh, the saloon doors on there. Uh, well, I guess not saloon doors. We shouldn't have a saloon in right? a Christian, right? But, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, barber doors, right? We got the little twirly thing spinning up there. And, but then there's, you walk in, there's nothing there, right? There's no, there's no actual structure behind there. And, uh, you know, I, I just, it, it would bother me to spend that much time on being fake, right? Spend that much effort, but, but, but many times in a church, we do that, right? We spend, it, it, we, we, okay, we're going to church, now I'm gonna see so-and-so and make sure I smile at them, uh, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go make sure I say hi to this person over there, and, and, and it's all fake, right? It's not because they really care about those people, but they wanna have the appearance of, of being a Christian. Uh, and, um, and the problem with that mentality is that's not sustainable. It's, it's not very valuable to be that way. Because when the storms of life come, and, and Jesus never said they wouldn't come. He said when they come. Uh, and so they will come. Uh, and when they come, all of that gets blown away, right? And then, and then you see the, the ugliness of what's actually behind that, right? Anybody ever seen any ugly Christians, right? Uh, and, uh, and like, I'm not trying to get mad at I'm not mad at nobody, right? And, 
Uh, and so uh, you don't have to start counting ceiling tiles or anything. Uh, th this is for all of us, amen? Uh, no doubt there are areas in all of our lives where we have to strive to be uh, real, amen? And we have to strive to build our house, the whole thing, upon uh, the structure of the Lord. Uh, and, you know, years ago, uh, I was studying about, uh, about being sincere, and the, and the Bible uses the word unfeigned. Uh, it talks about unfeigned faith. And, and when was the last time you used the word unfeigned in a sentence, right? Uh, like never. Uh, well, just unfeigned means to be sincere. Uh, and so uh, he, he talks about unfeigned faith, unfeigned love, or sincere faith and sincere love. And the Lord started dealing with me on that because, you know, I really at that time I, I was probably uh, trying really hard to look like a Christian and, and going up and, you know, saying, hi, how's it going? You know, and the Lord started dealing with me. That's not as sincere. You're not being sincere. You're saying those words because that's what, what people expect of you. But but you're not really being sincere when you do that, when you go up to talk to somebody. And that's really what it means. You ever talk to somebody, you know, they're just fake, you know, how oh, it's so good to see you. It's like, you don't believe that. <laughs> that was, we ruined your entire day when I showed up. Uh, and so, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, so uh, basically what I've decided to do was, you know, if, if, I can't, if I can't honestly say it's good to see you, then I just won't say anything. I won't say, man, I wish you hadn't showed up. I'm not going to do that either. But, uh, uh, you know, some people say, fake it till you make it. I'm not really a big proponent of that methodology of living. I'd rather just make it, amen. Uh, and and, uh, and so, um, so the Lord started dealing with uh, with me in those areas uh, because I wanted to be real with people, amen. If I said it's good to see you, I wanted them to know that I really meant that, amen. Now, look, if I don't say it's good to see you, it doesn't mean that I'm not. I don't think it's good to see you. You know, it's, well, he didn't say it's good to see me. You know. Come up and ask me if, you know, before you make, before you make a decision on, well, he didn't say, it doesn't mean, I, you know, it doesn't mean I, I don't think it's good to see you. It may have just been busy, amen? Uh, and so don't put words in people's mouths either. Uh, and so, because a sincere Christian, well, I don't know if they're good to see me or not, or if they're glad to see me or not glad to see me. So uh, instead of me deciding, I'll just go ask him. I'll go up and say hi, you know, it's good to see you. Uh, and so it's... Uh, uh, we need to just relax, amen, uh, and not, uh, I think they're talking about me. Uh, and so, um, so we get to, to verse 6 here, uh, and again, verses 6, 7, and 8, uh, if you can apply these to your life successfully, uh, it, it'll go a long way to you living at peace in every area of your life. And so he starts out with, says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I'm going to read all verses 6, 7, and 8, and we'll come back to verse 6 here. And it says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall, guard, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be, if there be any praise, think on these things. Uh, and so uh, this, this is... Uh, 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 if, if I ever talk to people that are dealing with difficulties in sleeping or being nervous or, or, or just not comfortable in crowds or, you know, concerned about tomorrow, uh, just read these three verses uh, and get up every day and read these three verses and then get them to where they're so real to you that you can confess them without having to uh, open up the Bible and find those. Uh, and so uh, 
uh, let's see, I think, Jared, you can pull up the uh, verse 6 there in the Amplified Version. Now, the Amplified Version uh, of verse 6 is really good, and I actually got, uh, I mean, I probably got 10 different translations here, because this is one of those verses that are really great to read in different translations, but the Amplified is always a good one, good one to start uh, here. Uh, and it says, uh, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Well, the nice thing I like about that is it makes it really clear about, uh, uh, about how much anxiety can you have? No anxiety. About how many different things should you not have anxiety about? Nothing, right? So it's basically all-encompassing. You're never allowed to have any anxiety about anything. Uh, and, and that's the thing I love about the Word of God. It's like, you know, do your best and try, but, you know, sometimes you're, it's just, you're just going to worry about things. That's not a very high bar to strive for, right? I mean, we're probably already there. Amen. The, the thing I love about the Word of God is it always says, here's the very best you can be. No anxiety about anything. That's a pretty good goal. Amen. That's a pretty good uh, place to get to. And it says, do not fret to have any anxiety about anything. So is that a, a suggestion? Unless it's too hard to do it, and then it's okay. Right? Unless you just, you know, got really big things to worry about, and then it's okay to worry about those. Is that, is that what it says? No, it's, it's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. Amen. And so if it's a commandment, then again, whenever we read a commandment, uh, and a lot of times uh, I'll say these things out loud. I'll say, Lord, uh, then if you tell me not to have any anxiety about anything, then, then I can do it. If you told me that, that I have to live this way, I can live this way. Because uh, I'll never say, uh, the, the words of I can't live that way never come out of my mouth. I, I would never say that. To me, that's, that's right up, uh, up there with heresy because what you're saying is the word of God commanded you, but uh, the Lord doesn't have the ability to, to give you the strength and the, and the faith to, to live that way. So uh, it, he's being unjust because is he going to judge you for living this way or not? He is, amen, because he says he's going to judge you for all the deeds done in the body, both good and bad. And he basically is going to say, did you do what I told you to do, which is the word of God? Well, Lord, you know, I just, I was so worried I never could read the word. <laughs> Lord would be like, well, you know, then let's start out Philippians 4, 6 then. Amen. Uh, so, uh, so the Amplifies, do not fret to have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything. So is there anything that you shouldn't go to the Lord in prayer? Uh, in every circumstance and in everything by prayer. So... Uh, sometimes people have the attitude, well, I'm not going to go to the Lord in prayer because it's too small of a thing, or, you know, he, does, uh, he doesn't want me to bother him. Is that what it says? In everything, uh, in every circumstance, and in everything, by prayer and petition. So if the Lord told us to pray about everything in every circumstance, then what's his expectation? That we would come to him in everything and in every circumstance. Uh, so is it a bother to him when we come? Lord, you know... I just can't get my hair to look right today. Is that going to be a bother to him? Uh, it might be a bother to you, right? But, uh, but it's not a bother to him because it says in everything and in every circumstance. Does it say in every big thing and every big circumstance? No, everything. So if it matters to you, well, it shouldn't matter that your hair's... You know, I don't know why people judge each other about what's important to you, what's not important to you. Amen? I mean, if it's important to you, it's important to you. Uh, and... Um, I remember years ago, uh, I was doing a, um, uh, we did a little uh, financial uh, meeting on a Saturday morning for the church. My pastor, he asked me if I would put together some information and, and teach the people on just basic finances, you know, how credit cards work and interest rates work and things like that. And so I put together, you know, a document, you know, and, and uh, this was a thousand years ago when 
you know, you had the printing presses, right? Remember Gutenberg, right? You had a, it was kind of like that right there, right? But uh, no, it was actually, it was a real, it was a dot, anybody remember dot matrix printers, right? Uh, that's where the little man's in with a chisel, basically, right? Uh, and so, uh, so anyway, I printed out the document and we're getting ready for the, the meeting. It started like at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning and I, I was kind of just going back over the document one more time to make sure it was, and I saw a typo. And, I, and, and so I'm looking at the time and I'm thinking, well, you know, it's like 12 minutes to home and it's going to take me, you know, so many minutes to, to fix the typo and then print out the master and come back and make copies of that. And I just don't, I don't know if I have time or not. Well, and I, so I'm kind of talking out loud with the, the assistant pastor was there and he said, you're so in so much pride, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just a typo. Well, it was just a typo, right? But it was important to me. Amen. It wasn't because of pride. It wasn't because I'm trying to prove that anything. It's because it was a typo, and I don't want to have typos in, in, uh, in my documents, amen? Uh, and some people are like, it don't matter. Uh, well, it mattered to me, amen? Uh, and so I wasn't worried about it, but, you know, I'm just thinking, and, and I didn't, I realized I didn't have time, so I didn't lose any sleep over it. I didn't, like, um, so I didn't get up and say, sorry, this is just a garbage document. It's got a typo in there. There's no value. I, you know, I didn't do it. They didn't even probably even notice that there was a typo in the, in the document. Uh, and so... But, you know, if it's important to me, then it's important to the Lord. And can things be out of balance? They can be. But, you know, for the most part, if you're trying to live for the Lord, it's okay for some things to be important to you, and, uh, and those things may not be important to somebody else. Uh, but I'm not going to judge you, you know, for things. But the, the issue is not that it's important to you. The issue is, are you going to worry about it? Amen. And so that's the issue, right? The issue is not whether or not it's important. The issue is, are you going to fret or be anxious about it? So, so it doesn't matter if it's important to you, you shouldn't fret or, or be anxious about it, amen? If your hair's messed up and you can't get it fixed, then you've got to move on, amen? You just, you've, got, you've got to move on. You, know, you talk to the Lord, there's anything you can do about this cowlick, you know, whatever it is that you're dealing with. Uh, maybe you can talk to the Lord about it, but, um, but he says in, everything in, in, uh, in every circumstance and everything by prayer and petition, definite requests, amen? So uh, that's key, we've talked a little bit about the different types of prayer. And, and in this case, he's really talking about the prayer of faith, which is a definite request. Lord, I need this thing, you know, whatever it is, I need a job, I need a car, I need my hair fixed. Uh, whatever the thing is, that's a, that's a definite request, amen? Uh, and so uh, we've all been the church, right? When, when someone says, stands up and says, uh, are there any unspoken prayer requests? You know, and, oh yeah, and it, oh yeah, you know, uh, Susie Q over there has got one there, you know, and, and uh, Betty Lou's got one over here. And, and they'll point them out and, oh, that's so wonderful, right? Well, that's not a definite request. That's an indefinite request, amen? It's the exact opposite of a definite request because you don't know what the request is. So how can I uh, pray the prayer of agreement with you? Because if I'm asking you, is there any prayer requests, then the intention is I'm going to pray with you and agree with you. Uh, and if it's not a definite request, then, then what am I agreeing to, Amen. Uh, and so, you know, there's a lot of theater in church, you know, a lot of play church that, that doesn't really add any value to our lives. Uh, it, it, it appeases our emotions sometimes, but who really cares, right? I mean, I don't care if you, if you pet on me and tell me I'm wonderful or I'm going to be okay. I, I just want, uh, I want to be able to change and live this way. Uh, just petting on me and say, just, you know, hang on the best you can and somehow it'll turn out okay. Uh, that doesn't really help me. Uh, but if it tells me to... to uh, in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, uh, a definite request, 
then, then whatever it is, it doesn't matter how big or how small, then I can go to the Lord in prayer about it. Amen. Now, you know, you don't have to go to prayer about it, uh, but if it's something that, that you haven't been able to work out on your own or you don't know how to, to solve it or you don't know how to get from here to there, uh, then you go to the Lord in prayer. Or you can worry about it. Amen. Or you, you can be fretful, you can be anxious about it, but it doesn't really give you that opportunity to do that, and yet oftentimes uh, we will worry. Amen. Worry about, you know, the dog or the cat, or worry about the clothes, or worry about the food, or worry about... You know, uh, are we going to have enough food uh, at the church meal? Are we going to have enough? It doesn't matter. Either there's going to be enough food or there's not enough food. You, worrying about it doesn't change it, does it? Amen. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, there's a lot of times people just worry over things that just, uh, it doesn't change. Either go fix it. And if you can't fix it, then you got to let it go. Amen. Uh, and so worrying about it, uh, being fretful or anxious about it, uh, is really, uh, if it's a commandment to not do that, and you are doing that, then what would that be called? Be called a sin, right? It's, it says, do not fret to have any anxiety, any anxiety about anything, and you've got a whole list of things that you are fretful and anxious about, well, then you're in violation of the word, amen? If you're in violation of the word, then you're really in sin. Uh, and so, for me, personally, if I ever catch myself being this way, being fretful or anxious about anything, before I do the uh, prayer and petition part, I will repent to the Lord. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for, for being fretful or anxious about this thing, whatever this thing is. Lord, I ask you to forgive me because it's a violation of your word. Uh, and then as soon as I, I mean, I don't wait long after that, then I, then I go into petition. Well, Lord, then help me deal with this. I need to know what to do about this situation or, or you know, I need, I need some assistance here or there, whatever the thing is. Then I go to the Lord in prayer about that uh, and uh, I, I use definite requests. And then after that, after you've done your definite requests, he said, with thanksgiving. And I like the way he added that, with thanksgiving. Because when you're reading that, it's like, well, what am I thankful about? Right? Why are, you, are you thankful for the, for the situation that's causing you to be fretful or to worry? No, you're, not, you're not thankful for that. You're not thankful for the trials of life. And um, I think I mentioned, anybody remember that book, uh, prayer on praise mountain or something like that i think it was back in the 80s and basically the whole book was was the intent of the book was you're supposed to be thankful for cancer and for tornadoes and hurricanes and when your car runs out of gas you're supposed to be thankful for those things not in those things because because remember in verse four rejoice in the lord always well you're rejoicing in the lord you're not rejoicing for the tragedies amen uh, and so that, that gets messed up, but it does say to be thankful, amen, but, but why are we thankful? Well, uh, I mean, it, it, the, the previous part of that verse tells you why you're thankful. If you go to the Lord in prayer and petition with a definite request, what expectations should you have? That your prayers are answered. In what way? I mean, sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes the answer is no, right? Is, is that what our expectation is? I mean, if you knew that sometimes uh, the answer is going to be no, would you be thankful? I'm going to go ask my boss for a raise. He probably won't give it to me, but I'm going to be thankful. You know, he, uh, he, boss can have a raise. No, well, thank you, I appreciate that. Uh, would you do that? No, you'd be weird. Your boss would be like, "What's wrong with you?" Right? No, you can't have a raise. Thank you, I appreciate that. You know, uh, thank you. I have another right. Uh, and so, uh, I mean, it's just uh, uh, no. We 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 wouldn't be thankful, but but. But our expectation, and uh, we're not going to go through the whole rabbit path, but, the, but if you go over to 1 John chapter 5, we'll just read that one there. 
because that, that kind of gives us a good understanding of, of why, why do we have the capacity and, and the ability to be thankful when we go to the Lord with a, with a definite request. Well, he tells us here in 1 John chapter 5, he says in verse 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So do you have confidence when you pray that he hears your prayers? I don't, I don't even know if the Lord even hears my prayer. Well, that's not very confident, right? Uh, and so we, we should have confidence that when we go to the Lord in prayer, that number one, he says he hears us, right? If we ask anything uh, according to his will, now, of course, that according to his will, those four words are kind of important, amen? Uh, and we all know if we're asking for things that would violate the will of God, amen? I, I, I think it'd be really hard uh, for us to not do that. Now, in, in some cases, I can understand if, if it's not covered in the word of God, you know, sometimes I'll buy something. I remember... Um, when I, the first handgun I bought, I bought, I just went to Lord. Lord, you okay if I buy this? You know, I'd like to have one, but you okay? Any problem with uh, uh, with me buying this? Because I don't know of a verse unless you know of one. Thou shalt buy, you know, a Glock 27, right? 40 caliber Glock 27. Uh, is there any book chapter verse for that? You know, I know there's a Second Amendment for that, but that's not the Bible, right? That's that's our Constitution, uh, and so I, I don't know of one. So, you know, sometimes uh, in an area like that, that maybe is just something I just desire, but, you know, I don't have to have, you know, if I need a vehicle or something. But even vehicles, I'll do the same thing oftentimes, too. I'll just check with the Lord. Lord, are we okay with me doing this? Before I, before I make the petition to do it, right, to, to obtain it, I, I make sure I'm in the will of God. And that's really, if you want to be successful in your prayer life, then, then start out with the will of God first. Before you make your petition, start out with the will of God first. Lord, is this your will? And that, if, the, if the word covers that circumstance, uh, like by, uh, by his stripes you were healed, do you need to go to the Lord to ask him if it's, if it's his will to be healed? No, he's already told us it's his will to be healed, right? Did he, did he say that he wants you to be full of joy? Sure he did. So you don't have, Lord, is it okay if I'm full of joy? No, you need only be 80% good enough. I mean, he would never say that, right? Uh, he covers that in his word. It's perfectly fine to be full of joy with, with his word. Lord, is it okay if I'm at peace? Lord, is it okay if I, if I never worry again? You know, many things are covered in the word of God. Uh, Lord, is it okay if I have my neighbor's wife? Well, that's covered in the word of God. Yet, uh, even, even uh, Brother Hagin would get letters in the mail uh, when uh, people want to come to his school. Well, I want to come to your school, but uh, uh, I think I'm going to have to divorce my wife first. Is, is that okay? Because she doesn't want to come. No, <laughs> just, just no, right? Uh, and so, uh, but there's a lot of weird things like that that goes on. Uh, you know, a lot of weird uh, things happen in churches sometimes, where you know, wife swapping or husband swapping or just crazy things, right? Uh, in churches, uh, and so uh, many things are already covered in the Word of God. Then there's no need to go to the Lord and, and ask Him if it's His will, but. Uh, if there's other things uh, about the will of God that are not covered in his word that maybe your desires or wants, you know, you got job A and job B, uh, you've been offered two jobs, well, Lord, what's your will? And he may just say, it doesn't matter, whatever you want, you know, but sometimes they look exactly the same. So he knows the end from the beginning, doesn't he? So he, could t- he, he would tell you which one was a better job for you because he knows what tomorrow is. Uh, when you're buying a vehicle, you know, maybe the exact vehicle you want, but uh, Lord, is it okay if I buy that exact vehicle? And, and, and I've done that before. Gone, you know, driven several hours to go look at a vehicle that had everything on I wanted, all the features, colors, everything. And I got there and it's just like, 
I didn't ask the Lord, but I knew in my heart that's not the car. Uh, well, uh, uh, there's no book, chapter, and verse necessarily for thou shalt buy that car or not, but the Spirit of God knows whether I should buy that car or not. And it's not, it wasn't against, he didn't say no because my desire was wrong. I believe he said no because there was something going on with that car that I didn't know that I wouldn't discover until it was too late, right? And so, uh, so it doesn't hurt to check in with the Lord on things that are not covered in his word. Uh, and so, so that's what he said. If we ask anything according to his will. So if you know his will, then Lord, as far as I know, it's okay for me to buy this. Then, then I'm asking you to, to provide the funds for me to do this or to provide the opportunity to get this or, or make a way for me to obtain this thing, this job, this, this widget, whatever the thing is. He said, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So that implies that if it's not according to his will, then what happens? He never hears it, right? Uh, and so uh, if some people say, well, the Lord never hears my prayers. Well, you just hold off on yourself. Then you don't ask a single thing that's according to his word. And you're asking for pink elephants and, and uh, you know, daisies floating through the air or whatever you're asking for, you know, things that, that just the Lord's not going to do that. Amen. Lord, rain down money from heaven. Well, then he would have to be a counterfeiter because he's not any money in heaven. No money in heaven. Amen. Uh, and so if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So, again, I like the, the, the absoluteness of the word of God. If we ask anything, not if we ask just well, it only covers big things. Is that what it says? Only big things? What is it? And who decides what big things are? Are you the, are you the big thing uh, rule maker? Do I have to submit my thing to you to, to, in order for you to determine? Well, you know, it's kind of a medium thing. So, you know, it's not quite big enough yet for the Lord to address. Uh, wait, wait six months till it's really bad. And then, you know, it'll be big enough that the Lord can address that. Uh, and yet uh, there's lots of people in the, word of, in the, in the, in the, in the church that only believe God will answer big prayers. But he said, do not fret or have any anxiety about what? Anything. He said, if you ask anything according to his will, right? Not any big thing, anything. So there's, there's nothing too big or too small for the Lord. I mean, he made creation with speaking a single word. Amen. Uh, I don't think whatever problems you got in your life are not nearly as big as the universe in spite of what you think, right? I mean, you may think they are, but they're really not. Uh, and so if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Do you have that confidence? Is that, do you have that level of confidence? When I, when I pray, the Lord hears my prayers. I just hope so. You know, if that's your response, you've got to go back and read verse 14 again. You've got to read verse 14 until you know that's on the inside of you, without, without exception, every time you come to the Lord, he hears what, your petition. No exceptions. Uh, and, uh, and, and if, if there's a case where something's not happening, you know, I would go to the Lord and say, Lord, well, what's up? Where did I miss it? And he might say, well, what you asked for wasn't my will. You know, you wanted to do this, but, but I, to, I, to, I told you to do, to do that. You know, you, uh, I, I told you to take job B, but you really wanted job A. I, I can't tell you how many people I moved uh, because I'm getting a dollar more an hour. And they, you know, they have to uproot their family and uproot their lives and, the, and the, uh, where they go to church and everything uh, for, for an extra dollar. And, and yet the Lord may have had their mission field to be right there where they were. And so the, they were chasing the dollar uh, and never, never asked the Lord. Amen. Uh, in, in fact, just uh, real quick, uh, we'll come back to uh, 1 John. I'll put my little red tag here. Let's go back to, to Joshua chapter 9 here. This is one of the 
Uh, it's kind of a sad verse here, but uh, it's, a, it's an eye-opening verse. So in Joshua chapter 9, uh, and so uh, we're not going to go through the whole story, but uh, basically this is early when they were in the, in, entering into the promised land, and the assignment to Joshua was basically go destroy all the, the uh, heathens in the promised land and take over the promised land for the work of the Lord. Uh, and so they had a list, right? The Amorites, the Jebusites, the, the Hittites. Uh, if, if you had an ite at the end of your name, you were on the list, amen? Uh, and so, so some of these people were smarter than the others. They, they were going through and watching Joshua just clean house, everywhere he went, just cleaning house. And so I thought, well, you know, we gotta be on the list, right? Because they haven't stopped anywhere. They were, no doubt we're on the list. So they faked it, went to Joshua, said, hey, we wanna set up a covenant with you guys and, and, you know, you're, the, you're, you're God's the best God, the only God in the whole world, and you guys are awesome, amazing people. Uh, can we make a covenant with you? Uh, and and uh, we've traveled a long way. We're starving. You know, we've got all this moldy bread, and our clothes are wore out. And really, they were just next door, but they just put on old clothes and, and found some old bread. And so they just faked the whole thing. And it says in verse 14, And the men that, that came to see Joshua, the men took of their victuals or took of their food and asked... Uh, or or actually it was the other way around. They brought uh, Joshua these things. Uh, Joshua's men took of their, of their provisions uh, and asked not the counsel at the mouth of the Lord. And, and Joshua made peace with them. But the issue is, verse 14, they asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. Lord, should we do this? It's okay if we, if we, if we sign this contract with these people? Uh, you know, one piece of, of wisdom that uh, uh, I remember the years ago, that Willie George said, of all people, you know, he was, for years, he was kind of a, a, a children's uh, ministry uh, minister. He's expanded since then. Uh, but I remember one thing that he said that's always, uh, Chris and I, uh, we've, we've repeated this so many times. But basically he said, you know, until you sign a dotted line, it doesn't hurt to get more information. Amen. And so, you know, if you think about buying a house, go look at a house. Well, what, you know, I need to know which house... What, which, which house is mine before I go? Well, sometimes you won't know until you're there. So just go look at the house. You know, uh, go and ask questions about it. Go test drive the car. Go, go to the interview. Uh, it doesn't hurt to do those things. Uh, the issue is when you're ready to sign into the line, that's when you've got to know it's the will of God. Amen? Uh, that's when you've got to ask the counsel of the Lord. No, nothing wrong with getting information. Amen? Nothing wrong with, with doing those things. Uh, now, if the Lord says you're wasting your time, you know, he can do that, of course. But if you're in the market for a car, in the market for a house, in the market for a job or whatever, uh, just go and, and look around. It doesn't hurt to, to do those things because sometimes you don't know until you get there, until someone says something, until you go into that building or until you get in that car or until you uh, walk in that house. Well, this isn't the house. Amen. There's a lot of houses, you know, that I've been. It's like, this ain't the house. Amen. Uh, and, and my wife helped me with a lot of those things because, you know, I'm thinking I need just dirt cheap. That's my, my only requirement for buying a house, dirt cheap, right? Well, what, what, what do you want to look like? I don't care. It's got to be dirt cheap. Well, oh, how many bedrooms you got? I don't care. It's got to be dirt cheap. That's it, right? That's, you know, and, and of course, that's my mentality, dirt cheap. And, and my wife, no, no, we, we want to have running water. Dirt cheap, doesn't matter. Running water or not, you know, who cares? You know, and so, uh, you know, she's like, well, I wouldn't mind having, you know, a kitchen. Doesn't matter. Dirt cheap. You know, if there's no kitchen, it's, it's not a problem to me. Uh, but, you know, it, that's fine if I'm living by myself. I don't live by myself. Amen. There are other people in my life that, that uh, do have a valid opinion. Yeah. And so, she, in fact, I think all the houses we ever bought, you know, uh, Chris was like, that's the house. 
And I'm thinking, that's not dirt cheap. That is, I only have one requirement, you know, dirt cheap. And, and, she, and she doesn't care about my requirements, you know. She just, I wanted to be nice, you know, comfortable and, you know, electricity works. And, uh, and, and it's like, it doesn't matter. Is it dirt cheap? And so, uh, so uh, we should ask counsel of the Lord. Amen. But it's okay to go look. It's okay to go ask. It's okay to, to drive. It's okay to, to go to the interview, you know, to, because you may go, well, that's just, I know when, uh, one of the jobs that Chris got, uh, she was just about to take another job, and someone called her up for an interview. And she's like, well, you know, should I, should I go to the interview or not? So, and, and, you know, we thought about what Willie, Willie George said. Well, just go. It won't hurt to go. And she went and found out, well, wow, that's really the job. That's a better job than I was going to take, a promotion and better pay, and, and ended up being an amazing job. Uh, and that happened many times in her, in her, in her career. Amen? And so, so, how, so how many times do we, do we miss the, the will of God because we're afraid that, uh, uh, of going get that information, amen? Uh, and so, because you can always say no, amen? Uh, what, uh, what if they put the pressure on you? You know, the number one rule when you go look to buy a car, you've got to be able to walk out the door. Uh, and if you're not willing to walk out the door, they've already, you've already lost the battle, amen? It doesn't matter what they say, we'll throw this, you know. Uh, and I, I mean, I've, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've stood up and, and started walking out the door of a, of a buying a car. I mean, you've been with me a lot. Well, as you get up, I'll just start walking out. Hey, hey, come back. It's like, I said, this is the deal. Well, how about this? No, this is the deal, right? And, and you know, if I'm being unreasonable, that's fine. Uh, but, uh, but oftentimes, like, this is the number. Uh, and so, <clears throat> so you got to be able to follow the will of God, amen? Because if the will of God says that's the number, if the Lord tells you before you get there, this is the number that you got to buy that car for, then it's not that number plus or minus 20%, it's that number, Amen. Uh, and so, so uh, do not fret your hand. Let's go back to, uh, to Philippians 4, 6 then uh, in the Amplified there. Uh, or actually, uh, 1 John 5, 14. We didn't finish up there. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Do you have that confidence? I have that confidence. You know, you can have that confidence. I've got that confidence that if I ask the Lord anything, that he hears me. And we know, verse 15, and we know that that, and if we know that he hear us, so you can't get to the beginning of verse 15 until you successfully make it through verse 14. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, no matter how big, how small, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Is that, is that what it says? So how often can you expect to get your prayers answered? Yes. Every single time. Amen. Is that what it says? We know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. We desired, right? Not that we needed of him, that we desired of him. Well, God only wants to meet you know, things that you have to have, not things that you want to have. Well, it just says you desire the petitions that you desired of him, right? It doesn't have to be only life-threatening things that you obtain from heaven, amen? People, unless it's air, you can't ask the Lord for that. Or food, you know, we'll let food there, but, you know, house, that's, that's questionable right there, but... Anything else, you know, you can't really ask the Lord for things because, you know, it's only, it's only things you have to have to exist. It doesn't say that, amen? And besides, if that's true, how small is God? That he can only do things that you desperately need but don't, don't want, right? That if you only want it, then that's not enough for the Lord to move on your behalf. I mean, that, that makes God really small, amen? I mean, you think about how much waste the Lord has made in the earth. The earth is 70% water. How many people are living on the water? Other than at the, at the boat dock, right? But you go out to the Pacific Ocean, thousands of miles of nothing. 
nobody living there. I mean, you got millions of square miles of just nothing. And why did the Lord do that? He's completely wasteful. He just wastes so much energy and, and water and all that stuff. Uh, you know why the Lord made it that way? Because that's the way he wanted it. it just because he liked it. I like, I, he likes water. I like a lot of water, you know. I like a lot of beachfront property. So in order to have a lot of beachfront property, you've got to have a lot of water. Amen. And so uh, the Lord is not small. So according to, now this is what the word says. I didn't write this. This is what the word says. So we have to live this way. This whole, well, sometimes the Lord says yes. Sometimes the Lord says no. That's not a biblical doctrine. Because he, he actually, he only ever says yes or you hear nothing from heaven. Because he never hears you. Amen. So the, the only answer is Yes. And if, he, and if you don't hear from him, then you got to go back and say, Lord, uh, uh, did, did I say something wrong? Did I ask for something I shouldn't have? Well, now that you asked, sit down. We've got to have a conversation. Uh, you know, and, and you've got to ask the Lord that. And, and he'll take you to the word of God. Well, you can't do this because you're in pride or you can't do this. You know, sometimes you, you're asking for things. And, I, and I'll just tell it for myself. When, uh, one time I was, uh, many years ago, I think it was, our, it was the first house we bought. And uh, we were trying to get it paid off. We, we bought the house, a brand new house, never been lived in. And we bought it for $40 a square foot. Uh, now, those dirt cheap houses I was talking about are going for $150 a square foot today. Amen. I don't know people think their house suddenly was turned into gold, uh, you know. But, uh, but anyway, so, uh, so we paid, uh, it was $64,000 for a brand new house uh, on an acre lot, more than an acre lot, right? Right in the city limits. Uh, and so... Uh, so I'm trying to get it paid off, you know, think, you know, I've got all the, I've got all the math, you know, I can tell you if I do this, you know, I save much, so much money on interest rate, blah, 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 and, and all these things, and, uh, but it wasn't getting paid off as fast as I would like, you know, just things seemed like kept coming up, you know, I had to buy this, you know, baby has to have shoes, like, come on, you've already got enough shoes already, baby, you know, but uh, you got to buy the kids shoes, and, uh, and they keep eating and just using stuff, I mean, you just take, 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 and so finally I went to the Lord and said, Lord, you know, I mean, I'd like to get my house paid off. I'm not getting it paid off like I would expect, you know, and like I would, my desire is to get it paid off. Anything wrong with the desire to get your house paid off? No, nothing wrong with that desire. But it wasn't, it wasn't going like I, like I thought it should. Uh, and so, so I went to the Lord about it. Lord, you know, I mean, that's my, been my desire. That's been my goal and faith to get this thing paid off. And he said, well, the reason why I'm not helping you get it paid off because in your heart, uh, you know, it's not like I wrote this down, but he, does he know your heart? He knows your heart, right? But see, he said, in your heart, you're thinking if you can get it paid off and get out of debt, then you don't have to live by faith anymore. And he said, I'm not going to do things that allows you to live not by faith because I said the just shall live by faith. And so your goal is to get out of faith. And I can't support that goal. Well, who took your Cheerios, Lord? I mean, you know, you, I mean, what are you, you going to say? Well, no, Lord, you're wrong. I, I, I'm not thinking that. I mean, you could do that, and, and Lord just be like, come back, you know, and it, I'll talk to you in 50 years, right? Uh, and so, you know, one time uh, uh, with Abraham, when he went to, with uh, Hagar to try to fulfill the will of God, the Lord didn't speak to him for 13 years. Fortunately, Abraham lived to be almost 200 years old, so, you know, 13 years, 13 years of your life would be a lot longer than 13 years of Abraham's life, so... Uh, let's hope that the Lord doesn't uh, pause on speaking to us for 13 years when we get out of his will. Amen. Uh, and so, so what are you going to do? Well, yes, Lord, you're right. Uh, I repent and I'm going to only do this by faith. Uh, and then we did get the house paid off and, and, and uh, got out of that debt. 
Uh, and so, but see, uh, I, was, I was out of the will of God. Nothing wrong with getting out of debt, is there? I mean, you can't, uh, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, you know, there's, uh, in fact, the Bible does say that the, you shall lend to the nations and not borrow. Amen. And that's really God's best is that the church can get completely out of debt so that we're the ones that are lending all the money. Amen. And it'd be a good time right now to lend money. It's at 8%, right, for, for a mortgage anyway. Uh, and so, so if we're not getting prayers answered, first thing I do is go to the Lord. Or what's up? You know, you said, see, I expect the answer to be yes. And if the answer is not yes, I go to the Lord. I don't, I don't make up doctrine, well, the Lord just said no. No, the Lord's not going to say, he doesn't say he's going to say no. He says the answer is either yes or I don't even know that you prayed. That you prayed. And so if the Lord doesn't hear my prayer, then I go to him and say, what's up? Uh, and I go to him with the attitude and the mentality that there's something I've done wrong. Let's go find out what it is. Uh, and I don't play these games. Well, the Lord in his infinite wisdom, you know, chose to answer my prayer. No, that is a lie. That is a biblical lie. Because he says right there in his word that, that we know we have the petitions that we desired of him. Is that what it says? That's an absolute. That's not wishy-washy. That's not sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes wait a while. It's absolute. If you go to the Lord with a petition, the answer is always yes. Uh, and and that's, you have to live by that because that's what it says. Amen? We're not, are we making it up? Does it, does, are we saying that it's not saying something it doesn't say? No, it's exactly it's simple reading of the Word of God says you can have a, a valid expectation every single time, no exceptions. The Lord will always answer yes for any petition that you desire of Him. Uh, and now some people think that's fanatical. I think it's fanatical to not believe that. I think you're fanatic of doubt if you choose not to believe that because that's what it says. When I see that, then I'm compelled to say, then Lord, all my prayers should be yes. Every single time without exception. Uh, and so, uh, and I have, do you have confidence in that? Well, I hope so. Well, see, you haven't, you, you haven't even made it to the hardly the beginning of verse 14. This is the confidence that we have. So if you don't start with confidence when you go to the Lord, Lord, I hate to bother you, you know, and the Lord's like, no confidence. He said to come, how, how are we supposed to come to the throne of grace? Boldly, boldly the throne, not rudely, not disrespectfully, but boldly. Lord, Lord I need, a, I need a, uh, an answer to a prayer. Here's what I need. That's being bold, amen? Uh, you know, you don't go disrespectfully and, you know, uh, hey, big man in the sky, you know, I just want to come, uh, you know, and, and chill out with you. You don't disrespect the Lord. Like people do, you know, they, they try to bring the Lord down to, to their hipster level and uh, and it's disrespectful to the king of kings, amen, and the Lord of lords. Uh, you know, you get your head cut off in the Old Testament by mistreating a king like that or even the prophet sometimes. And so, uh, so this is the confidence we have. So, so this, First uh, John 5, 14 and 15 is why, going back to Philippians 4, 6, is why we can be thankful. So, so let's go back to, to Philippians uh, 4, 6 there, right, in, in the... Uh, uh, in, in the Amplified Version. So do not fret to have any anxiety about anything. Uh, <clears throat> but in everything, in every circumstance, in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests, with thanksgiving. So Lord, I've made a definite request for you. You've heard me. I'm going to get this definite request, so now I'm thankful. So if that's true, see, that's how faith works, right? Because uh, Mark eleven twenty four says, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. So uh, whatsoever things you desire, uh, that's, you know, that's according to the will of God, right? That's within the will of God. Uh, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, make a definite request to the Lord 
And, and then, of course, then in the middle of that, you add 1 John 5, 14, uh, whatsoever things you desire. When you pray with confidence that he hears your prayers and that you get your petitions, then you're thankful. So what things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Uh, well, that's why you have the ability to be thankful is because I believe that I receive them. And then, uh, and you'll have them. So that's uh, Mark eleven twenty four 24, intermixed with 1 John uh, 5, 14, uh, 5, 14 and 15. Uh, and so that's why we should be thankful. We should be thankful because he heard my prayer. We should be thankful because we're going to get it. Uh, see, that's how faith works. The thankfulness uh, appears before the receiving of your petition. The, the thankfulness comes because you're a person of faith. You know when you go to the Lord that uh, he hears your prayers. You know when you go to the Lord that whatever you ask of him, he's going to give to you as your petition. And so it's already, as far as he's concerned, the moment you ask him in faith, it's a done deal and it's on its way. It may take a day to arrive. It may take a minute to arrive. It may take sometimes days, weeks, or months, or years to arrive, depending on, on the thing that, you, that you're petitioning him about. You know, if it's certain things that he has to move the heaven and earth to do that, sometimes it does take time for, the, for it to manifest. Uh, and so you have to leave the timing to him in that. But there's answers always yes. Uh, and so if the answer is always yes, then it's easy to be thankful prior to you receiving the end of your faith. Uh, and so uh, with your definite request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. So there should never be an end of, of uh, what we're asking for the Lord. And, and many times people in church will, in, will uh, accuse you of being selfish, accuse you of, of being prideful, of asking too much of the Lord, uh, of being uh, self-centered, right? Of, of thinking only about yourself. Well, <clears throat> you know, your petitions don't have to only be about you, amen. They can be for, uh, on the behalf of other people, uh, you, you start limiting how much you can do for other people because they can't live by your faith for all their life. If they're children and you have complete authority in their life, well, that's fine. But if they're adults or friends or relatives or whatever, you know, there's certain things you can do for them. But at, at the end of the day, you know, again, according to his will. So uh, if you keep trying to uh, live your faith on behalf of somebody else, at some point you're going to exceed the will of God. And the Lord's like, no, they need to get that on their own. Amen. You know, at some point, uh, when, it, when, it, when you're dealing with other people, that's when you really got to know the will of God. Lord, how far can I go for this person? Now, now, for you, there's really no limit. But for other people, you know, there may be a limit. You, you, you have to find out the will of God. Lord, is it okay if I pray for them for that? Amen. And, and Lord, maybe that, that's fine. But the second time, he may be, well, they should know it by now. The third time, you know, be like, well, they, they, they should be able to get that on their own now. Amen. And so, so you know, for but. Uh, but First John five fourteen and fifteen, uh, as far as your concern and your prayers and your petitions for your life, hundred percent guaranteed every single time. Amen. Now, and really, it's hundred percent guaranteed for anybody else too. But the, the key there is if you ask anything according to His will. Uh, and so you can't be somebody else's God. Amen. Uh, and so continue to make your wants known to God. So th this is how we're supposed to. So if we pray, if we live this way, then what would we ever worry about? What would we ever fret about? What would we ever wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh, you know, Lord, I don't know if we're going to make it. You know, uh, uh, you know, these bills are coming and I can't sleep and, uh, and uh, something about the kids. And uh, I mean, uh, Jared got up to go to work this morning and opened up the door and the cat walked in. Like, we left the cat out all night? Yeah. Well, you know, there, there's, 
there, there's uh, uh, in our area there there's uh, coyotes, right? They howl and you know, and, and um, uh, of course you know uh, it was Mr. Wilford and he's the chill cat, right? He just walks in, you know. If it had been another cat, you know, the other cat, she'd have been climbing the walls and screaming, let me in, ah, they're trying to eat me. But uh, Wilford's like, yo, he walked in and just, you know, how's it going, dude? Uh, and so uh, he wasn't even concerned about it. Well, if he's not concerned about it, why should I be concerned about it? Amen. Now, we're not going to do that again. You know, we'll try to remember because he loves to go outside. The other cat, you know, she's like, it, it smells like nature. <laughs> and so, but uh, Wilford loves that uh, for whatever reason. So anyway, um, uh, but can we live this way? Can we live this way? Do not fret or have any anxiety about what? Anything. So, and that, that's really the first step. It, you have to review your own life. Lord, anything I'm worried about? Kids, jobs, house, economy, you know, uh, this thing I haven't fixed in a thousand years, whatever it is, anything you're worried about? Uh, the money to have this, money to do that. You know, what if my car breaks down? What if my, you know, I run, run out of gas or you know, some people just worry about things that don't even, it's like, why are you worried about that? That doesn't make any sense, right? Some people just make up stuff to worry about. Uh, and they, uh, they're called world-class warriors, amen? Worrying about everything. Uh, and I'm just not going to worry about anything. And of course, uh, you know, a lot of these things I learned from, uh, from my friend, uh, Brother Hagen, because he, he learned a lot about this because when he was, he was on his deathbed when he was a teenager, uh, and he said, he, lit his, he said his grandmother and his mother both were world-class warriors, and he got to, to uh, Matthew chapter 6, right, where it says, take no thought for your life. And he's like, I, I can't do that. You mean I can't worry, Lord? This is what it says, take no thought for your life, right? Don't worry about anything related, related to your life. Well, I can't live that way. And he said he couldn't get past, you know, he couldn't get past that. Because the Lord, when you read something, the Lord's like, hey, now you got to do it. And so well, I don't ever want to read anything. Well, then don't live by faith, Amen. Because uh, the, the crazy thing is, why would you want to avoid the Word of God? Because he literally says, you can ask for anything and get it. Well, that's, that's what I'm going to focus on. People are focused on, yeah, but you can't worry in order to do that. Okay, that's fine. But if you don't worry, you can get everything. And then, yeah, I know that's true. But you said you can't worry. So they're really fretting about the worrying. They're, they're worrying about not being able to worry. And, and it bothers them. You don't know people that, that way? They're, just, they're worried about not being able to worry. They're worried about not, you know, about doing something the Lord says to do. Not realizing that, yeah, but if you do that, you get everything that you desire. Yeah, but I'd, can I get everything I desire with worry? I mean, is it okay if I worry to, to bring it in, into existence? No, it doesn't work that way. But uh, some people just made that way. They just made to worry. Amen. Uh, and so he learned early on not to worry. On, a, on his deathbed, you know, you, you got nothing else but time. And so you got to work things out in your own heart. Some people never take the time to work those things out. They just go through life and they just, they never t- take the time to, to, to uh, uh, get that worry out of their life and deal with their own life. And so they're never really successful in their prayer life because they're worrying about everything. And so if they're worrying about, if they're anxious and fretful about everything, then nothing else in verse 6 applies to them. Not, uh, 1 John 5, 14 and 15 doesn't apply to them. Amen. Uh, and so, so they're not getting their petitions answered by God supernaturally. They're just getting things on their own. And, and some people are okay with that. I'm not okay with that, but some people are okay with that. So he met his wife. Uh, and, you know, she, she wasn't on her deathbed when she was 16, so didn't, she didn't learn that. So they got married, had kids, and, uh, and, and they got to talk about worry one time, and they were on the front porch and uh, trying to get in a house. And, and she said, I guess if me and the kids just dropped dead right here in the porch, you wouldn't worry about it. 
And he said, well, it'd be a little late to worry about it then, wouldn't it? Uh, because he wasn't going to worry, which is not the right answer, right? I mean, I'm sure he had to sleep on a couch for a few days after that comment there. Uh, but it would be, I mean, technically he's right, right? I mean, they're dead. What are you going to worry about now, right? And, and so uh, <laughs> using logic doesn't always pay off, you know, sometimes when you're, when you're arguing with the spouse, right? And so, <laughs> but, but uh, he decided a long time ago he was not going to worry. Uh, and, and um, you know, it, it's something that you have to decide you're going to work at. And it has to be something that you, that you see actually as a sin. And like I said, there have been times when, when I can't go to sleep. I sleep well every night. Every single night, I, I sleep great every single night. But every now and then, you know, something will be going on, and it's like I'm trying to work it out, trying to figure it out, and I can't figure it out. But I, think, but, I, but I think if I could just think about it for another few hours, I know I could think it out, right? You ever done that? I think I can think it out. And, of course, you can't because it's bigger than you. Uh, but you think you can, amen, because, you know, we're the man. We've got to think about things. Uh, and so, but, but I'll catch myself. Lord, I'm not sleeping. Uh, and I realize, well, I keep thinking about this thing over and over. That's what worry is, thinking about it over and over again, trying to work it out, trying to figure it out, trying to, Lord, how, how are we going to get this worked out? Uh, and, and Jesus said, sufficient is the day, the evil for today, right? Take no thought for your life for tomorrow, right? Because the, the, the troubles, that word evil there just means troubles. The troubles are for today are sufficient for today. So deal with the things for today. And well, what's going to happen tomorrow? Well, I don't know. Wait till, 12, wait, wait till midnight. So then you don't sleep at all till midnight, right? Okay, it's midnight, Lord. I'm going to worry about it now. Uh, it's not a loophole. Amen. You're not looking, looking for a loophole. But when I catch myself, I will first, I always go, to, Lord, I ask you to, to forgive me for, for fretting about this thing, for being anxious about this thing. And I'm going to, First uh, Peter 5, 7 says to, Cast all your care upon him. So that's what I do. So, Lord, here, you take it. Here's my petition. I need this thing resolved. I don't know how to resolve it, but I need it resolved. And you can show me by wisdom or you can just take care of it yourself. How you deal with it, you know, is entirely up to you. I'm casting it. I'm not going to think another thing about it. That doesn't mean you're shirking your responsibility. Amen. I'm not going to worry about ever paying any more bills. You know, if they, if, uh, you know, if the Lord wants them paid, he'll pay them. You know, people can, can take things out of context and, and, and quit being uh, reasonable people, right? Quit being intensely reasonable and start being uh, presumptuous, amen? Uh, we're not talking about being presumptuous, but we're talking about things that are out of your control anyway, right? Uh, are the kids okay? Is, we, we can't find the cat. Is he okay? Well, I mean, you can worry about him and not know, or you can not worry about him and not know. Uh, so, uh, it, or... You can not worry about him and pray and then know he's going to be okay. That's really the best, the best uh, choice right there, amen? Pray and know. And so if you pray and know, then there's no need to worry about anything, amen? Uh, and so Philippians 4, 6, and, and I didn't get a chance to, but I've got a whole bunch of different translations that are really good about verse 6. We'll read some of those uh, when we come back in a couple of weeks. And uh, they're just really good ways to think about verse 6. So the thing I love about verse 6 in uh, 1 John uh, 5, 14, and 15 is they're solid faith verses, amen, and they're absolute. Uh, there's no restrictions on them, amen, no size limits on them, no, no uh, uh, specifics about only desires or only uh, needs. There's nothing like that. There's no limit to God, amen. Uh, the only limit is uh, in His will. That's the only limit, Amen. Uh, and how big you think his will is for your life. It's really big. Amen. He doesn't, he's not intending you to live this tiny little life and you can't have anything, can't do anything, can't go anywhere. 
you know, but, you know, you can live and eat and breathe, but, you know, don't ask me for anything else besides that. That's the way a lot of Christians live. Don't ask me for anything else other than, than food and water. Amen. Uh, and so, no, the Lord says, look at the fields. You know, uh, uh, Solomon, all his glory is not a ray like that that's going to be thrown in a fire. But I made that field. I know to you it looks like a waste of time and energy for something that's just going to be thrown away. But I did it just because I like to see pretty fields. That's what the Lord said. Well, how much more important are you than a flower that's going to be thrown in a fire? Surely you're more important than that. Amen. Uh, and remember what he said, consider the birds of the, of, of the air. He said, how much more valuable are you than they? Well, you know, we're all the same in the animal kingdom. No, we're not. We are the top of the food chain. Amen. Uh, and the Lord, he, the Lord said, we're much more valuable than a bird. Now, some people don't think that, but the Lord says we are. Amen. So if, he, if the Lord says we are, then we are. Uh, and so if he, if he says, I will take care of every single bird, every need that they have, how much more will I do for you? Well, he, he, according to Philippians 4, 6, he'll do all those things. Amen. So we'll, re, we'll continue in verses 4, 6, and 7. Uh, we get a few more things to talk about that. But I love verses 4, 6, and 7. They've got so much faith in them, and, and they can help us get our lives straightened up and live a life that's, that's full of joy, full of abundance, full of grace. Amen. Uh, but you have to be willing to do it. You have to be compelled to do it. Amen. You have to be willing to the Lord to tell you that you just don't want to walk by faith uh, in order to, to do it. Amen. Uh, and, but I'm willing to do it. He, I mean, he's corrected me so many times about things. Amen. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word. So Father, we do thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that, that we know that we have the petitions that we ask of you, Father, because we ask according to your will. And so, Father, if that's true, then there's nothing in this life ever valuable enough to worry about. No, no situation, no circumstance, no person, no, uh, no financial situation, Father, uh, no, no relational uh, situation, Father. There's, there's nothing that is, is worthy to be worried about, Father, because you care for us. You desire to, to take care of us, Father. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We ask you, Lord, to show us any area of our life where we, we have been short of your word in this area, that we have allowed anxiety and worry to creep into our lives, that we things that we think over and over again that we can't get resolved. And uh, Father, we're just worrying about it. Show us those areas, Father, and first we will, we will repent, and then we will make a petition to you to help us to deal with it, to show us the answer, to show us the path, Father. And then we'll cast that care upon that will cast that care upon you because you do care for us. And so we thank you for that, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. Uh, and so uh, let's get ready to receive this evening's offering. So don't forget uh, tomorrow at 5 p.m. we'll be at Colter Garrison uh, for Miss Lou uh, for uh, funeral, uh, for visitations tomorrow and uh, from 5 to 8 p.m., and then the funeral service will be uh, Friday. Am I getting these right here? Friday at 3 p.m. Also at Colton Garrison. So, all right, we'll come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. And then uh, on Friday night, uh, we will not have a ladies' fellowship. That will be uh, two weeks from Friday on the 27th at 6 p.m. Uh, and so between now and then, you know, I, I would encourage you, uh, pray for Miss Lou and, and really the whole family, right? Because, I mean, it's... it's uh, uh, Fred's and Dora's uh, brother-in-law there, and, and uh, he's been like a brother. They've been married a thousand years, right? Uh, and so, what's that? 54 years. 
54 years, right? Uh, and so uh, that's nearly a thousand years, right? And so, uh, and, um, and so they, he's been around a long time, part of the family, and, and so, and he was always a good fella. So uh, if you didn't get to know, uh, if you didn't get to know Stanley, you know, in his in his prime days, uh, he was always a, a great fella to be around. Amen. Uh, and so, all right, praise God. Uh, so anything else? All right, well, be blessed, and uh, we'll see you soon.